Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Curious Mind podcast. My name is Gabriel Ellis. I'm a psychotherapist and a scholar of early Buddhism. And uh, as usual in our podcasts, uh, I try to take deep dives into psychological, sometimes also spiritual topics. And today, my guest is uh, Amiran. Hello, Amiran. We know each other hey. from a Buddhist meditation group and I was interested to talk to him today and to reflect on uh, realistic, how realistically spiritual journeys can develop over many, many years. So I started dealing with Buddhism 20 years ago. Uh, and uh, I can ask Amaran a little bit about his journey. So I'm interested in reflecting on that. Uh, you, Amiran, you have dabbled into many spiritual uh, traditions, even though it seems that early Buddhism, uh, which sometimes it's called Theravada Buddhism, and the meditation of Buddhism seems to be the closest to your heart. Um, we won't get into the details of the individual uh, traditions, but uh, why don't you give us a little bit of a breakup of uh, which traditions you dabbled into over the years? Mm. How long are you in the spiritual kind of game? Yeah. Um, so I remember maybe the the, the first kind of encounters uh, was uh, was this journey uh, started in my uh, yeah childhood when I when I got the Mircea Eliade books from my mother I think. Um, so when we when he wrote about uh, various trends of Hinduism. Uh, so that that kind of got me hooked for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess the next time was maybe um, 12 years ago when uh, life kicked my butt a bit and I felt a lot of stress. Uh, yeah, and I started meditating. Initially, that was like a... Um, uh, kundalini yoga practice uh, which was interesting because that's pretty different to like a standard buddhist approach so uh, like a bodily based um, and kind of energy based mm -hmm. and then after going to my first buddhist retreat i switched completely to the the buddhist framework because i found it uh, the most kind of comprehensive um and yeah but Theravada or was it a different school uh, yes, that was that was uh, like a Burmese monk uh, mm -hmm. in yeah we could call it yeah definitely Theravada lineage yeah. Um, yeah and 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 since then that was my main uh, kind of uh, point of reference um, but I uh, but I kind of read a lot and I was listening to a lot of different teachers. Um, so the, and the other kind of stream for me is uh, uh, more recently, especially uh, uh, being curious about different schools of Western psychotherapy and how they can inform uh, the, yeah, spiritual journey. Doesn't, doesn't sound good for me at this stage, the, the name, but whatever, uh, whatever we call it. Yeah, I think we understand, yes. Um... My first question is, uh, and I think you are the right person to, to ask that, why to change? Uh, and I ask that because 
in many, many books, I think that we open when we ask teachers, it's very often emphasized patience, perseverance, stay with the technique, stay with the teaching, stay with the framework. You have to be patient, patient, patient. Without patience, you will drill small holes in different uh, places, but you will not get anywhere. Now, my personal experience is I have kind of changed within lineages. My focus also was uh, early Buddhism, but I was very interested in Advaita uh, and other Indian teachings. I certainly have a background in Western philosophy as well. Uh, obviously, through my work in psychotherapy, I'm interested in the psychological description of the mind and uh, the possibilities and traps there. So I was not particularly persistent uh, in one way of practicing meditation or one worldview. And you certainly uh, have not uh, either. Why not to do the simple thing and just stick with one? <clears throat> as everyone seems to suggest. Yeah. I would suggest the same to anyone and see how... <laughs> how they do how well they do mm -hmm. um because it's i i wouldn't advise i wouldn't give such an advice to anyone like yeah definitely man like change all the time uh it's just uh for me it was just like a necessity uh i mean and also like a kind of compulsion uh uh and i i uh you know when i uh, you kind of uh invited me to do this uh discussion, I was wondering what I can tell anything to anyone because uh, I see more and more how it depends on uh, like specific individual makeup, uh, yeah. like a mental uh, history and uh, yeah, the personality structure. Um, but yeah, from my point of view, I, I, I could definitely give a, a number of reasons uh, of advantages of, of changing, of switching the perspective, so to say, because mm -hmm. it, 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 I, I think it, it gives more justice to like, instead of like saying just change, right? Um, so I think because there's so many factors um, in understanding these kind of teachings uh, that impact your understanding, right? So one obviously is the teacher that you choose, right? And we could discuss, you know, how well do they kind of, resonate with you and so on hmm. but the teacher uh, doesn't translate directly to your understanding because you apply a lot uh, uh, you kind of overlay a lot of your stuff obviously uh, to what they are saying okay um, may i interrupt you here why is sure. that difficult I mean, we open a book about Buddhist meditation and then, for example, there might be a big chapter about breath meditation, which is one of the classic kind of early Buddhist meditation practices. Yeah. It's so simple. You just focus on the breath. Where is the complication coming in with the teacher and the mindset and this and the details? Why is it not that, that, that we just sit down and focus on the breath and then get the results eventually? Why, why the proliferation? Yeah. Why does it go into different directions? What keeps us from just sticking with that? The simplicity of it. <clears throat> Which sounds yeah. so much more reasonable. 
Yeah, because I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like a, like a smart ass or, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's all about changing your perspective, right? Um, and yeah, one way, one way, and actually the way you put it is actually really good, right? Because this is such a simple instruction, uh, like stick with the body, right? I, I, I would say that from my point of view, that was lack of discernment in just like regular understanding of that word that I, what I thought I was, when I was, I thought I was watching the breath. It, actually, I was doing a lot of different things and I, I lacked uh, an understanding of what's actually going on. I lacked, um, um, you know, kind of uh, also conceptual, um, well, kind of mapping of concepts to my experience, right? So they were like completely separate. My experience and the, the concepts that I read about that there's going to be, you know, mind and body and emotions and so on. It's not so much helpful. You, you, you just need to experience like bang your head against the wall. And uh, because the mind has momentum, your trajectory has momentum and you will use these notions and these concepts for a while before you start changing them. And that the whole point is to actually change your conceptual apparatus regarding your experience, right? So. Okay, so if I may, I think people who do meditate might understand that. Uh, and for people who don't have so much experience, this instruction would seem simple on paper, the just focus on the breath, right? Nobody can apply that. It is a misleadingly sim simple thing. It sounds like it's just easy to do. Everyone can breathe. And then I just, uh, just observe the breath. What should be so difficult about that, right? But it's deceiving because this is, I think what you hinted at, when we look behind the curtain of what is going on, when I, in quotes, just try to focus on the breath and with more intimacy with the process, when we, when, when we increase our perception and our capabilities in that, we see behind the curtain and we see that there's utter chaos going on. I don't know what the breath is. I don't know what, who I am, who is meditating on that. I understand that my linguistic understanding of the instruction becomes an obstacle at some point. I see that there is no simple phenomenon as breath. It seems suddenly to be a bubbling thing of many different things. My idea of what breath is, the movement, supposed movement of the breath. So behind the curtain, suddenly there's so many aspects of it. And then I have the same problem. What the hell should I do? because the instruction now doesn't make sense anymore. I, I don't have just focus on the breath as something that I could just do. I have to pick some things, right? Is that more or less what you could? Uh... Yeah, and then and, and this is actually the best case because in the worst case, you will start doubting about the practice itself or the teacher or yourself or maybe all of these things at once. So it kind of hijacks the, even the initial intention to, to do this thing, right? And the doubt and, would be because there are no results or why would I doubt? Well, that's the question. So, I mean, all the things will start to come out, right? When you try to sit still, right? And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me, but I, I, I think I would frame it in a different way that this is the goal, right? This is the opportunity that some 
things will start to disrupt you. And this is like the gold in a way, right? So if someone told me that this is actually the, 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 the interesting thing, what will come out? Why, why can't you just sit right in one place? And this is interesting. And this is the, 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 the field of your research in a way, right? Um, yes. Then maybe it wouldn't be such uh, like so frustrating um, because, because oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the experience of people, I mean, we, when we were in the same meditation group, newbies came all the time, right? And then new participants came all the time and then they get the instruction for it. Let's say we gave them a simple instruction of just to focus on the breath. What actually happens is they will sit there, they will get the instruction, they will understand that there's supposedly something simple that they have to do. Then the gong starts, they close their eyes, and I would say that immediately they have no idea anymore what they're supposed to do. They, they, like, they will try to catch the breath somehow, but then very quickly, I would say, for 95% of people, they will ask, am I doing this right? So the breath, and then there will be some thought and maybe a doubt and then a question, and then it's like, that's, I don't know, it doesn't feel very meditative what I'm doing right now. It's, I'm not catching this, probably I didn't understand. No, now I cannot ask any question anymore. And I would say that very quickly people kind of fall into, what am I supposed to do here actually? Mm -hmm. Would you agree? And, and again, I would, I would be even more pessimistic that these, all these concerns tend to be sometimes almost like subconscious, right? So they are not, mm -hmm. uh, like formulated clearly because once you have like a question or a problem clearly formulated then you can do something with it but sometimes it's just like a fog right and you are not really sure what 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 has just happened mm -hmm. yes true uh okay so let's jump a little bit forward if someone sticks to it if someone develops uh some genuine curiosity which i think we agree is extremely important for this process uh are there any results? We both sit here and we say, yeah, we switch techniques. We sometimes switch to another perspective. And uh, I, I don't want it to sound uh, as if there was nothing to it and that it was all just you know, no results and pointless search without any, any crumbs on the way. Are there any results to meditation practice? What would you say, sharing experience? Yeah, but uh, but the definition, like how I see the the, the meaning of the word results, changes. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I would always say that there are some results, but now I can uh, can see them on a completely different level. Um, so the you know the what is distracting you, and it's interesting because you know being able to sit still and watching the breath without distractions is like the end goal. It's yeah. like because if you can do that. It, it means that you can just be happy, peaceful, right? Um, so, so in a way, there is nothing magical there um, uh, because that's that's the end goal. If you can do it, then there, it means that there are no problems. Otherwise, they would kind of disrupt you somehow, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, so it's 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 like a journey. <laughs> it sounds so desperate and pessimistic, but it's like a journey of finding like different kinds of problems. Um, but also, okay. Okay, now, now the kind of hopeful part will come out, out of me. But there's a, with time, there's more and more sensing of underlying freedom. So behind every problem, uh, 
if you if you understand it, if you comprehend the nature of it, there's a there's a possibility of earning new kind of freedom in your life, basically, right? Like forget about meditation and experiences. It's like really it will change your life completely. Because if you don't see, then you are controlled by it, right? Uh, it's unconscious. So you will, uh, and yeah, maybe I'm, I'm again, I'm like too, too, too broad in general. But, okay, so does that mean, uh, I, what are you describing that through a regular practice of traditional sitting meditation, we come out of the sitting and then we somehow perceive that our life or our perspe perspective on a certain life is issues change? And then you, you draw direct connections like, oh, yes, that somehow has to do with my meditation practice. Oh, no, 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 definitely not. Okay. So, so my, my, my point, yeah, my point is that the, the and again, I'm, I'm probably like a really bad example. Uh, but in my case, the, 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 the sitting is just a pointer to start maybe reflecting sometimes on something. And that may not be solved actually on the cushion. Uh, mm -hmm. It's, it, it, it's almost always like a symptom of something more general, right? That, that you can see throughout your life, right? And, and then with time, you may notice how these things actually disrupts you, not just on the cushion, but actually in your life as well. And mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm just right now in a, in a, like in a moment where I'm mostly focused on like really basic, like deep, deeply rooted beliefs and convictions, which require like such a, uh, kind of uh, kind of 360 perspective and work. But yeah, sometimes th there may be stuff that you will just notice and kind of let, learn to let go of it in the in the session. I, I guess this is the the optimistic uh, mm -hmm. version. And I'm not saying it's not possible. I don't know. Yes. Um, would you agree with, with the with the metaphor of the actual meditation on the cushion to be something like an artificial laboratorium? where I see maybe in high clarity a certain issue. Uh, it can be an attachment, it can be a, uh, some doubt, some problem, uh, or some small movement of freedom. And that I'm able to, when I go into the real world, uh, there is a chance that I recognize a similar pattern that I have seen in clarity mm -hmm. on the cushion. It's more fuzzy outside, but because of my experience with it on the cushion, I can apply it. If it was the case, then you that would be like the problem solved. If, 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 if you could see something clearly, then it's great. And sometimes, obviously, you can create these conditions in your mind of this laboratory and seeing this problem clearly. If you see the problem clearly, that there's nothing more you can do. It's, it's like perfect, right? Yes. The, the, the problem is that uh, the, 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 what, what does it mean like laboratory, right? It's laboratory is, is, is a, are the conditions where you can recreate something perfectly, mm. right? Mm. But when you think about sitting on a cushion with your eyes closed, something completely unnatural to all of us, it will, it will show, it will surface some problems, but, but other problems will be completely muddled. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's not just... Um, and this is the tricky part, right? Sometimes you, you, you have to kind of provoke some... Uh, some tendencies in your mind to, to really see them clearly. Um, and 
but again, maybe I'm kind of too pessimistic. I, ideally, you, sh you should have like this reproducible laboratory, right? Yeah. And see what works there. Uh, and only if you are uh, kind of hopeless there, well, not, not, not only, but if you are hopeless there, then you start like looking at the bigger picture and it will happen anyway. It so, happens anyway. Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, coming to maybe much more simple goals, I think the, 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 the journey, the possibilities that you describe is quite, um, I think people who practice for a long time, they would share this experience. Is there any experience of uh, joy or bliss in meditation? Is that pure advertisement or is it something that actually many people can get? Yeah, I mean, it depends on, on the stage. So for me, like earlier, there, there was much more kind of joy and bliss than, than now. Um, uh, interesting to myself. Someone who has no idea would maybe guess that it's the opposite, that you have to do and do and do. And then with time, you get the skills mm -hmm. and then the joy and the bliss comes. Why? Yeah, and probably early. it could happen as well. It could, it, 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 in my kind of mental model, it like depends on the, on the, on, on the shape. Uh, it's like, like in Tetris, right? Shape of the blocks that you can start taking out mm -hmm. first. And this is also a mental model that you have to take out some hindrances, right? Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have to be like seen like this, but it's, I, I think this is really useful. So, um, so initially in, in my model, what, what, what happened with me is that initially you gain some space and freedom by noticing some, some blocks that just like low hanging fruit, so to say, and the mind, uh, and, and the mind gains some, some freedom and space in the moment. But with time, the more kind of ingrained patterns start to be kind of uh, active in the meditation. And it's not, not yeah. that easy. And you start to work kind of around them, like, like gardener working around the kind of entrenched roots, right? To kind of take something out. Yes. Um, yeah, it would be interesting actually to ask uh, a good number of meditators their experience. I would agree. Uh, I think it was similar for me as well. Uh, for me, there was an additional aspect of with later times, I was just not so interested in anymore in the kind of the joyful, the blissful experience, which might sound strange to people who are not meditating. Like, why not to use a button that makes me feel happy if I have it? Uh, it could almost sound like a goal in itself. But uh, for me, it was kind of uh, meaningless or superficial. Mm. Yeah, or narrow, right? Uh, yes. the, well, that's that's the funny part, right? So, well, I, for I, I would I would maybe frame it similarly, but I would say that the what 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 feels narrow now is how I understood happiness back then in the early mm -hmm. times right? so so the it's not that i'm uh it's not that i'm like like a, like a, like some kind of transcendental snob that like uh, <laughs> that uh, that like doesn't care about happiness it's just that the uh the understanding of happiness changes and the 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 poten that the true potential of of what happiness may mean to you right as you grow or also your understanding of, of happiness grows yeah uh, 
So and 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 here we are back to this kind of multidimensional space where you kind of upgrade your kind of technique, which I guess is it's not really true, but also you you change the your understanding behind the scenes. And you think that you work on this technique, but actually what changes is your understanding. And this is so difficult because then everything changes. You 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 start to understand the, the teaching in a different way, different light, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's a shift, right? So which yeah, which may lead you to doing some changes, some some different changes in completely different plays. Uh, yes, in a practice. And for me, as uh, at least, and I'm interested uh, in in your perspective on that. For me, at least, the things that help me on the way, right? So we read some teachings, we listen to a teacher, uh, and it gives us some impulses, some new understandings, or something that makes me curious that I want to investigate. And at a certain point, this stops to be inspiring anymore. I, for me, it was like, okay, I exhausted my possibilities of what it could, what I can do with this technique or with this uh, teaching, uh, with my capabilities. I'm not saying that it's you know not doesn't have kind of a lot of potential for other people, but at some point, I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do anymore with this. I, I did what I do, and now I come to the next stumbling block. And then my natural uh, movement was, okay, I'm, I need new inspiration because otherwise I feel I could spend years just doing the same thing and hitting the same roadblock. So the confidence that the same teaching will provide new sources of inspiration or so diminishes and that makes me look hmm. for something else. Is that similar for you? Yeah, well, I, 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 in my, in my understanding, the, the key issue and and the most interesting question, always is why the hell are you meditating right now? Like, why are you doing this? Why really are you doing this, right? And, and and you can you can, um, you know, I I can look backwards and see how how much there was like unconscious. Um, intentions to be somehow better than other people maybe or to be exceptional right i mean and and these things like at at some point they will you will notice them and you will work with them uh, and maybe they will somehow weaken these intentions and then you have to ask yourself okay why would i meditate now if i just like cut like the main intention that like propelled me to doing that and and i hope hopefully i'm i'm in minority maybe i am uh, maybe most people start with like fully wholesome intentions, um, but okay. Just to be fair, also to me, usually it's a mix, right, of wholesome and unwholesome, or, or like healthy or unhealthy, and you just start to see through them. Now, um, is it important to ask for you? Is it important to ask this question uh, in itself, or are you really interested in an answer? Is it something like a you know? Yeah, we would use it as a yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Guiding, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Look for what is it that I want right now and then go in that direction? I, I remember that early on, I was reading a book about actually um, breath meditation and, and the guy like clearly said that you should start with just clarifying your attention. Mm-hmm. And I always like skip this, like what the hell, I, I just want to start doing this, which means that not only I ha- I may have like unhealthy, let's not judge these intentions, but but okay, I, I may 
well, I'm not even clear why am I doing this, right? So, uh, so just, I mean, this is, this is always the most interesting question, like question of your intentions. And we could probably, I mean, it could be like one way to look at the, the whole endeavor, basically, yeah. like what's your in, in, intention? It's not the only, the only way, of, of course. Yeah. So, but to, to get back to your question, yeah, I mean, let's keep it in mind, but it's, it's, it's obviously, it's not an easy, it's, well, first of all, sometimes it's, it doesn't have immediate answer. Um, and, and, and sometimes it will be difficult to, to, to answer right away, but trying to answer it is a, even is, is a good first step, right? Like yes. why? And, and being honest with, okay. And this is, this is like the most important, like being honest with yourself for me is like another way to like, like capture the, the spirit of the whole practice, like mm -hmm. being honest with yourself. Why are you doing this? Um, so again, so, I, I'll try to give some context. I think we 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 are again at a topic where uh, I like to use the metaphor of pulling a curtain, where it seems like a simple thing. Why do I meditate? Why do I go to a meditation group? Why do I read this book? Why do I want to apply this practice? Obviously, I want to be happy. Simple as that, right? What could be easier? I want to, some people could be a little bit more differentiated to say, I have difficulties to stop thinking. I'm burdened by planning and worrying. I want to stop that. Also a very simple intention, right? Or someone says, I'm so inspired by the Buddha. I want to be a bodhisattva or I want to be enlightened or something like that. Very simple answer. I think what you're saying is, and what meets my experience, when we actually sit down and open this you know, box of the mind, we see that behind all those seemingly simple assertions, there's always much, much more complexity going on. There is, first of all, I don't know what it is to be enlightened. I cannot imagine what it means to stop worrying. I don't know what it means to truly be happy. So I start with a, a, a poster, like an advertising. It's, it's not real. It sounds good. My idealistic mind kind of imagines that it wants that, right? It's like as a kid, uh, I see the Star Wars Lego in, uh, in the window of the shop. And I think if I had that, that would be amazing. And then when I actually get that for Christmas, a very different process happens. I get the thing and then I'm in actual interaction with those stones and with the colors and so on. And there is some joy. And then there is the frustration of it not being that amazing anymore or certainly different than what I thought. And there is something similar, I think, here in what you describe of uh, questioning what my actual intentions were when I sat down, when I thought I want to be happy. I find out it actually doesn't mean anything. What does it mean I want to be happy? I imagine myself jumping in the park up and down and there's a rainbow behind or nothing phases me, no issue gets to me because I'm aloof and I'm always uh, kind of uh, equanimous. It becomes real at that moment, right? What am I actually looking for? So that is my interpretation of, uh, of part of what you said. Would you say that's accurate? Um, yes. And well, but I, I, again, I would slightly kind of reframe what you said, because 
whenever we really feel feel that we would like to be happier, we are drawn to something. It means that there is some potential for happiness right now for us. And it's very specific because sometimes it's it's like uh, created by some discomfort, right? So there is something specific that makes us unhappy. Uh, we may not be aware of it, but if we want so uh, intensely something else that we will, you know, buy the book or listen to someone and try this practice, it means that there was something. So there was this initial understanding and it's interesting to see mm-hmm. uh, what was that particular thing. Uh, yeah, doing, yeah, kind of abstracting and making us disc- uh, like uh, uncomfortable. Um, there's actually, there's one thing that I, uh, I, I'm just uh, concerned that I may forget. So I will, uh, I will uh, bring it up. Just this crazy idea came up that, uh, you know, there are these meditation methods, right? And teachers that describe the meditation method. And for example, I just realized that there's a there's a one guy that wrote a really popular book, which which presents the uh, kind of spiritual development as a kind of on a li- linear slide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but also at some point he acknowledges that he seems to be the exception because for him that's how it looked like so he so it seems like there may be like a selection bias right that the people who kind of write or describe some very specific uh meditation methods maybe that worked for them uh but then they create like a a legion of of frustrated people (laughs) who try to like follow uh follow their steps Right, because um, someone like you or me would not write a meditation book because we would feel uh, I don't know what I don't know what to teach. <laughs> yeah, we can just do like this discouraging sessions, which maybe. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, let me ask you. So, because we are engaged in, uh, you have a version of your experience which is very specific. I have my journey, which is very specific, and it's my guess is that many many other people have also. A specific journey which is reflective of their individual person and their individual circumstances and their individual mindset what do we make out of the issue that uh sometimes it's called the map territory problem right so um in it's it's a kind of a it's a topic in uh, spiritual teachings that the map is not the territory and how I would interpret it now in our conversation on the map, things look easy, right? There are the streets shows me where to go. And that seems to be no problem at all of getting there. You just take a left turn there and then you go straight and then the second right. And then you are there. And this is for me, how most meditation uh, practices, books, teachings are presented as if it's something simple. And we started our conversation with, the experience that nothing of it is simple for most people. I would say for 99% of people, every single thing becomes kind of, I have to translate it into my system so that it makes sense. I cannot just take the description of the noble eightfold path, starting with right view, getting to right intentions, right speech and so on. Nothing is that linear. It looks amazing and it's very appealing for, especially for someone who's looking for answers And then I come to a teaching which makes even sense. Maybe I meet a teacher who is charismatic. And I think like, yes, this this is it. Finally, structure, order, 
a clear, meaningful path. Let me just pursue that, right? And for both of us, the experience is, no, it's not like that. Is there a problem with the way that things are presented? What do you think? Yes. Yeah, it's a huge problem. <clears throat> and, and I think, so... I think it's especially problematic, maybe for our culture or maybe for some kind of subpopulations. I, I, you know, uh, it was really interesting, and I think this is really um, kind of relevant. There was this one meditation retreat when afterwards we were like talking, uh, like everyone was with everyone else, and we were sitting uh, like with, uh, around one table, maybe six guys. Uh, like similar age yeah. and it turned out that we all <clears throat> our journey started with reading the same book which we all agreed that it was like horse shit sorry to say that <laughs> but it was completely unhelpful but it was immensely motivating precisely because it it promised this beautiful map like 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 a complete explanation and also this um promise uh, uh, of like perfecting yourself in, in this kind of like self-development way, which you discussed uh, in like another episode, which was very useful. Uh, uh, or maybe, yeah, but basically improving yourself as you are right now, right? I will be perfect somehow. So it, it's really, I think it rubs all the wrong parts, at least uh, in, in my case, the, the, the map thing. But I don't know whether you can start without it. So again, we 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 encounter this kind of paradox, right? That you you get something that will turn out to be not so useful, but there's no other way to to start. Like you have to start somehow. Um, and you know, when we when we were speaking, I I repeatedly had this thought that all these problems wouldn't be necessary uh, with a with a good teacher. Uh, I, I didn't have like a like a personal teacher because you, you also said like teachings, right? And obviously the, the sutta also, the sutta is also right about that, you know, someone heard the teachings and then they kind of proceeds and in the woods that, you know, they, 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 they've done the whole thing. But actually maybe even that is not true because they came back to the Buddha and so on. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 my understanding is that we very often kind of get hung up on our kind of misconceptions and there's so many things that could be solved with the, with other person, not just because they are teacher, uh, but also because they see what we cannot see in a relationship, right? So, so this is where I think the therapy can help because you it's so difficult to notice some things that are obvious uh, kind of on the outside. And if that person is also a, like an experienced teacher, uh, I think that would be more helpful, but again, maybe I'm kind of idealizing that because I didn't get that um, so much. Uh, um, but at least you you know you would get some some more adaptive uh, kind of responses than just rereading the same passage, right? Which yeah. you keep understanding the same way, right? Yes, and here I think there's a difference uh, between the Buddhist and uh, maybe a more Hindu approach in the modern sense that in the, uh, in the other Indian traditions, there's, I think there's more emphasis on the personal teacher, the personal guru. Uh, with the monastics, I'm not sure. They have certainly much more a personal relationship with uh, some of the uh, teachers. 
but lay practitioners uh, in Buddhist practices necessarily, I think they don't have a very close relationship to a to a teaching uh, to a, a teacher that they have complete confidence in. Right? They are often kind of sangha leaders, you know, leaders of the spiritual groups. You have the sangha meetings, so there is a network for sure. There is a support network where people can exchange experiences, but someone that I as a practitioner have really faith in that they would indeed see something from the outside that I don't see is for lay practitioners probably not very available. Uh, and with the, when you ask people who had or maybe have a personal guru of some sort, at least they seem to be much more satisfied in that respect that they're seen and that there is a personally encouraging uh, factor there with having this personal relationship. Now, what do you think, how would, what you said before is basically a, an hypothesis that maybe we all need the bait in the beginning, something that catches our imagination, basically no matter if it's true or not, mm -hmm. <laughs> just to ignite this spiritual passion to develop this part of ours that uh, has not much to do with uh, the world and maybe more with our, with our soul or with our energies or however you want to put it. And then with the trust that we would mature on that path and then we kind of leave those advertisement maps, those promises behind and can be our own journey. Can you think of a different path that is maybe without those false promises in the beginning? Hmm. I mean, I just, when, when, when you said that, I, I realized that all the teachings uh, have this property. You know, some people say that some teachings are kind of like a snake eating its own tail. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like, and again, I will say something completely unhelpful, but the, the gateless gate, like you arrive and you look back and you're done. So, so the, 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 the teaching and the, the itself, it's like consumes itself and kind of uh, uh, disappears in a way. Yes. And, 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 and this is interesting. Maybe there's something into it that this is like inherent, uh, inherent quality, right, of the teaching. Because again, to come back to the kind of more complex approach, we are not we are not doing something like it's not that I am doing something. I am changing myself, right? Mm. This is the path. I am changing myself. So everything changes and my understanding of the teaching changes. And when I arrive, no teaching is needed. So the teaching basically disappears because you can see it like everywhere. You just understand the reality in the, in the way that like teaching kind of advertised. So, um, so, so like on one extreme and it has to be, um, it has to be, it has to turn out to be different than when you, that what you saw, but uh, what you thought at the beginning. But the question is, could it be less frustrating and more helpful and useful and maybe kind of graceful evolution, right? Mm -hmm. um, hmm. I, I, I think so. I don't know. I, I always have feeling that I'm approaching all these things backwards. And maybe this is, it has something to do with our culture as well. Because there's so many people that want to jump straight into the transcendence, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And yeah. and the exotic stuff, right? So so for me also the, the this whole work uh, with time, uh, I have more and more kind of revulsion towards anything that sounds exotic. And in the beginning, it was like totally wow, yeah, let's, which, which, which tells a lot about us, right? About uh, I think about the culture that we want to um, kind of bypass something, right? Um, so. And, and, and the natural progression would be completely different. What, 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 what uh, comes to my mind is what they do in uh, like uh, kind of Tibetan Buddhism. They have this personal relationship with the teacher for the first like eight or 10 years. They call it like preliminary practices and they work just on the, on the relationship. So it's, some people say that this is like a therapy. Also in the, in the kind of old school Buddhism, there, there's also, you know, starting with generosity, and so on. So I think there is some kind of more natural progression, mm -hmm. which comes from the, and this is maybe the, the, uh, the key that you start with the, 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 the most gross kind of uh, hindrances and you, you go to the more subtle ones. And if you want to start with this really kind of subtle teachings of even like breath meditation, something that like everyone advertises on the internet and all the mm -hmm. corporations and so on, when you start with completely um, kind of dysfunctional society and, and really like the message that we get ingrained into our minds and this sounds, I know, really uh, kind of trivial, but uh, this is the, I, I mean, this is true. We are, we, are, we are starting in one culture and we want to go to different cultures. Some people say that this is like a different culture in a way. So, um, so I'm sure that there's a there could be different way and much more sound and reasonable and more like progressive, uh, but nothing comes to my mind except for this like uh, meeting with some person that would see you and kind of point to you the the right you know the most obvious stuff first. Yes, yes. When you when you were uh, saying that, I I thought that yes, it would make more sense this slow progression if uh, indeed it was embedded in a culture where children are raised and there is kind of an ethical code uh, when, when you know, parents and, and other people kind of, uh, show how and why uh, an ethical behavior is more wholesome for themselves, for the people around them. And so that the mind is prepared maybe for uh, simple observations simple reflections on, you know, impermanence, on the goodness of heart, and so that it would lead maybe more naturally without the frictions that you described that we in our result-oriented, skipping, hacking society are used to in a more natural way, the, the mind and the heart would develop so that they could, uh, again, more naturally gravitate towards loving kindness and open heart and free mind and uh, to preserve these qualities. Okay, we didn't start with conversation, the conversation with the idea that we would solve uh, these issues, obviously, but um, I hope that we achieved a little bit more of an understanding that this, uh, it, that it's not unusual to get into a muddy, messy path when we start to look within ourselves because our inside is typically muddy and messy and that any spiritual practice would reveal that and that we somehow have to deal with that. Uh, any last words from you? 
Yeah, so maybe one word of encouragement. Yes, please. Um, well, when you were just saying uh, just that, I would say, yeah, you, you have no idea probably where this path will lead you, but at least it will lead you somewhere. And not doing that will keep you in circles for the rest of your life. Right, yes, that's an important point. There is a point to spiritual practice. It might not be the advertised version, but... Yeah. Uh, if we go, if we enter with good faith and a real interest in the mind and mind development, there's a good chance that we get something out of it. Oh, and maybe one last thing. If it was ad advertised, like, isn't it even more rewarding that you kind of discover the path on your own versus like, yeah, it turned out just to be exactly what I read in that book like 10 years ago i mean that's much more rewarding if if actually you have to put some effort and it turns out to be much more relevant to your life in a way that you have never dreamt of mm -hmm. than this this book that you read 10 years ago so yes. but it's more personal yes okay thank you Amiran, for this personal insight thank and you gabriel